Are you ready to grow like a pro? Get ready to learn from someone who has taken not one, but two companies into the Inc. 500. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow. We're going to have a great discussion today with Andy Goldstrom, author of Grow Like a Pro. As we get started, however, I have some great news to share. Many of you have asked me about getting Revenue Growth Engine as an audiobook. And I'm happy to announce that Revenue Growth Engine is now available on Audible and many other audiobook platforms. If you prefer to listen rather than read, I'd love for you to go download a copy right now. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is very relevant to the times in which we find ourselves. We're going to talk about how to grow in the midst of uncertainty. Our guest, Andy Goldstrom, knows what it takes to drive growth. Andy is a business strategist and growth expert who helps business leaders focus on the right pursuits with the right tools and methodologies to scale their businesses and grow rapidly. He's the managing partner of Midcourse Advisors. Andy teaches in the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute at Georgia Tech, and he's the author of Grow Like a Pro, Lessons from a Two-Time Inc. 500 Executive. In this conversation, we explore what it takes to grow in this challenging and fluid economic environment. You'll want to pay close attention as Andy highlights the pitfalls and mistakes that companies often make during times like this. We'll talk about what's working, and we'll also explore why owners should prepare their company for an exit, even if they're not planning on selling. This episode is packed with great ideas, so grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to join Andy after a word from our sponsors. Andy, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Hey, I'm really glad to be here, Daryl. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was just laughing. You and I are kindred spirits, and I know our, our listeners are going to get a ton out of this conversation, but I've got to say as we get started, congratulations on the launch of your new book, Grow Like a Pro. Uh, I've got it right here, and I've been going through this book. It is fantastic. It is, it's, it is like a uh, comprehensive playbook for a company that wants to grow. This, this, is, this is pure dynamite. Congratulations. Well, thanks a lot. It's a, it's a uh, labor of love, and <laughs> it, it took me 55 years to write it because that's how old I am. But uh, I wrote it because there was a lot of work I was doing where I was involved in you know, pulling stuff out of my computer, out of my head when I was working with companies and with individuals. And I thought if I could 
package things a bit better. I could reach more people and have an impact. And it's really got a lot of different areas that you need to grow your business, especially in today's difficult time. And uh, it's gotten good reception so far. It's available on Amazon for those interested. Yeah, and of course, absolutely. We'll put the link in the show notes because you'll definitely want to get your hands on this book. You know, one of the things that, that we talked about as we were planning for this show is just the reality that it's easy to start a business right now. It's a challenge to manage one. And I think that during, given our current situation, that might be uh, the understatement of the year. It is, it's easy to start a business, but it's a challenge to manage one, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, some of our, I'm sure our listeners of all, are of all different age groups, but if you started a business, if you started a software company in 20 years ago, it would have cost you at least $100,000 to have a robust product out there that was a SaaS product or a product like that. And that's because the people cost onshore and the hardware cost and the software cost and the, and the maintenance costs were all so much higher than they are today. And now you could probably do it for about a tenth of that. And, you know, other business owners could, you know, you could just put up a website. And one of the things I like to talk about is you can incorporate online right now for a few hundred, a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You could crowdsource with Kickstarter. You can hire programmers through Upwork. You can rent computer processing power from Amazon. You can find manufacturers on Alibaba. You can arrange payments via Square, and you know you're 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 good to go. You're in. All right, let's but that, go. But that, <laughs> right, but that doesn't mean you know how to manage people, or manage a business, or grow a business, or adapt when you're dealing with all this COVID stuff. And so that's you know that's that's where a lot of people are are struggling. Where I'm spending a lot of my time trying to help people, and it's it's been interesting because you have to adapt faster, and people are being forced to adapt faster. Uh, as a result of, you know, lack of time and resources and uh, some are succeeding and some aren't. And it's, you know, it depends upon how they approach it. Well, in, when it comes to managing a business, especially one that is, is growing during um, these uncertain times, what do you, what do you see as the uh, differentiator between the companies that are struggling and the ones that are growing? Like what are some of the things that you're noticing the, uh, the successful companies right now doing? Uh, well, the successful companies right now are doing several things. They are um, uh, making changes to their organization where they're flatter, mm-hmm. so they can make better decisions and make faster decisions. Their information flows are moving faster, so they and they're using analytics to make those flows. Teams are more cross-functional, so instead of people sitting in silos because that's where they have their specific skill set. They're overlapping more. Um, these companies are, are adapt, have adapted to flexible ways of working, including remote work with use of technology. A lot of people complain that they're not as productive. The best companies are more productive. If you look at J.P. Morgan Chase right now, Jamie Dimon, their CEO, wants everybody back in the office because that's their culture of collaboration. Yet Google has said, forget about it. Don't come back until 2021 because we've got the technology to make that work. And so that also requires flexible talent allocation. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able, being able to, you know, work with people flexibly. And, and so, you know, the outcomes of that are faster speed to market 
You have to be more responsive to your customers. You have to be more efficient because people are trying to cut costs and you have to, you know, make sure that you get the most out of your employees that you can. Yeah. Yeah. That, that concept of being flat, being agile, being data driven, this is, you know, if companies weren't that before, before the, this big uh, sea change, it sure is um, critical to be that now. Uh, there's no question about that. This is this is a time, as we say on C-Suite Radio, we, where we've got to drive and thrive. And, and it is hard to drive when you can't steer the ship and turn quickly. Um, and so that's that's so so insightful. What do you think um, when you think about um, the mistakes that companies are making right now when it comes to growth? Where are you saying that we're talking, we're starting a little bit on the negative side with some of the, the things to avoid and mistakes, but I think this is, you know, this is a, a really critical thing to have on our radar right now. Like where, where are the guardrails? Where are the warning signs where, where our listeners can go, you know what? I don't want to make, make these same mistakes that, uh, that other companies are making. And one of the, one of the benefits of your experience having spun up two companies that made it to the Inc 500 and getting to work with all kinds of organizations, um, is you see what works, but you see what doesn't work. And, and I think sometimes what doesn't work can be more educational and instructive. So we miss the potholes. So where are you seeing the mistakes being made right now? Sure. I have a top five. Uh, and you know, this is consistent with whether it's COVID related or not. Um, and, and so the five, uh, the five things are the first one is solving the wrong problem. So it's people who are still, you know, not being able to understand how their customers needs are changing and trying to put something out there and adapt quickly with that, actually talking to their customers or doing the research or seeing what the competition does mm-hmm. and their ways to evaluate that. The second one is not managing your finances well. So that's, you know, um, not just cutting costs, but actually maintaining as much cash flow, working on your accounts receivable, um, driving short-term revenue opportunities, deploying your capital properly, not leading with transparency. So Mm. it's leaving your employees or your partners in the dark because, you're uncertain about what you're going to do and what path you're going to head on. So you don't communicate it well. And therefore not everybody knows how to best support and help you Hmm. not delegating and automating. So it's, you know, you tend to clutch a little harder and get a little bit more uptight when things are uncertain, you don't feel comfortable about it. And if you can't delegate it and, 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 and properly automate, you run into trouble. Um, And then the last thing is not getting appropriate support. So that means, you know, having a mentor, somebody who can tell you you're making a mistake, stupid, or, you know, that's really the right way to head, uh, or, you know, which is somebody in your network that you respect, um, who can actually, you know, help you or a coach, someone like myself, you know, who, um, you know, who's in the business of, of, of having made those mistakes and having, uh, you know, been there and done that who can, who can add some, uh, who can help as well. Yeah. That, what a great list by the way. And that's, uh, that's so helpful because I think, you know, as much as I think sometimes in the middle of adapting, pivoting, changing all the things that, that we have to do right now, um, 
you know, the ability to, sometimes you get lost in the details of day to day and you can become blinded to, to some of these things that you really need to look at. Um, I encourage all of our listeners to hit rewind on that list or write it down and use that as a, uh, just a template for some self-reflection on your business to see where, where are some of the gaps? That's, that's really, uh, really powerful. Andy, I love, um, I love the background that you have and the, the variety of experience that you bring to the table. And uh, I'm curious right now, planning how, you know, most companies, most great companies had a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the five-year plan, uh, probably is not relevant anymore. So what do you say to somebody that wants to plan um, in this type of environment? How do you go about doing it? What type of mindset are you having as you're, you're coaching your clients through planning right now? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, initially, uh, you know, I, I used to coach clients about, you know, looking at their mission and vision and looking at what it takes to grow to a certain point in a year or three years or five years. And then you, you know, you do the standard budgeting and, and then, you know, the, the, the magic part for me was making sure that you were on the right path as opposed to choosing the wrong path. But mm-hmm. now you have, now it's so accelerated. So the three and five year plans are wonderful, but there's so much uncertainty about what's going on now that, you know, I recommend a 90 day rolling strategy. That way you have the opportunity to look, measure and adjust regularly and not get too far ahead of, you know, your skis about where you're going to be in three years when you really need to figure out what you're going to do in the next, you know, 90 days or six months. And so looking at what if scenarios, what if the pandemic doesn't go away for a while or what if it comes back with a vengeance and we have to shut down again? What if your market's drying up and the businesses you're selling to are also struggling? What if you need to find another opportunities? So there are a lot of things to look at and the ways to figure that out, you know, frankly, are to, you know, understand the impact that the pandemic has on your market and seeing if it's growing or shrinking for what you're doing. And the only way to do that is to talk to your customers and find out what their changing needs are. And what that results in is, you know, you've got a lot of um, existing products and services, hopefully many of which are successful. Uh, and you want to be able to see if you can sell more of those existing products or services to your existing clients, because that's the easiest path, um, given that they've felt your goodness, they've approved your, you know, uh, approved your work before or the products or services that you delivered. Um, so they know you and trust you hopefully. And, and that way you can, if you, if you can look at their adapting needs, maybe they need more of one service or more of one product, or maybe they can't afford quite as much. So you, you give them the lower level version of the product, but they buy more of it, or maybe they need more of a premium product because their needs are, are but you can only do that by talking to them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you can, and then you could look at your existing products and services for new markets, which is a market development strategy. Which, you know, hopefully, if you have a, if you have a pipeline where people have already been interested in it, you can fortify that. Be creative in terms of how to bring those things over the goal line, and I work with clients on that. 
And then when you have new products and services, you know, you can sell those into existing markets. Um, and that's a product or service development strategy or those into new markets, which is more of a diversification strategy. So mm -hmm. it depends, you know, see, so you, you got to look at all four of those things. Obviously, the one in the shortest term, if you're needing cash, if you're needing to fortify your businesses, existing products and services to existing markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that is so true. And, you know, when you look at I, in Revenue Growth Engine, we always talk about the two ways to grow revenue. We get net new clients or we cross sell more to our current clients. And I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a lot of companies kind of waking up right now to wow, we, we need to take a little bit better care of our clients. We need to nurture those relationships. And as we do, there's opportunity there that, you know, maybe we just got so um, lulled into complacency with uh, net new and in an economy where things were coming easy that, that um, you know, we forgot to take care of our current clients in terms of just having those conversations. And now that, that people are having those conversations with their client base, they're uncovering opportunities. And hopefully that's something we carry forward with us as part of our organizational DNAs, because I think there is so much opportunity in the current client base. Yeah, I think the I think I think most people care about their existing clients. Mm -hmm. I, I think <laughs> I think they um want to serve them well. I think they didn't know how to adjust to communicate with them in a different way. And so um, and so I looked at it as an opportunity, you know, where there's certain prospects and customers that I worked with where I would meet with them face to face. And it was great to break bread with them or meet with them face to face in a room. But when I got with them on a Zoom call, I got to see, you know, I got a, a little bit more focused attention. There were no distractions. And mm -hmm. I got to see what, you know, I got to see um, what their home office looked like, um, you know, uh, do they, you know, if they have kids or, or pets or, you know, it gave you an opportunity to actually talk on a little bit more of a personal basis. And that gives an opportunity for people to say, you know what, I, I, I'm hurt. I'm hurting here. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I know I know somebody who lost their life from COVID or lost their job or, you know, my business is hurting in this area and I could really use your help. Or, you know, I know Jane Smith and, you know. Her, you know, I, just having talked to you, she really needs help. Let me connect you two, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it, you know, if you do that right, you know, you always have to be pumping your network um, and doing it in the right way and trying to add value first, for sure. Yeah, this is good. And I hope that's something we all take away from this season is is just that listening. And then, you know, you combine data analytics along with that, like paying attention to the data, really just having your ears to the ground and, and seeing what's going on. Um, that's so powerful right now in this, in this season where it is hard to plan long-term. Hopefully we learn to listen better. The other thing that I thought was really interesting about the book, Andy, and, and by the way, the listeners, I highly endorse uh, grabbing a copy of this book because it's so practical and it comes at things not only from a, a sales and marketing angle, but also from a finance and operations uh, perspective as well, uh, which is something you don't find in, um, in a lot of, of books in the growth space. Sometimes they're either sales or marketing or they're all financial. Um, this does a nice job of blending them all together and hats off to you for that, um, Andy. But there's a chapter in here on risk management. 
And, um, and you quote uh, good old Michael Porter at the beginning of that. And I love the quote, risk is a function of how poorly a strategy will perform if the wrong scenario occurs. That's a, that's a fantastic quote. Um, I'm curious, as you think about, uh, this is a great category. I know business owners think in terms of risk management quite frequently. Some of the sales leaders and uh, marketing leaders may not have that as a, a category. When you're thinking about risk management in the context of today's fluid economy and marketplace, how, how should you go, how, how can companies go about evaluating their risks and, and just really understanding um, where those risks, risks are right now? Sure. Um, well, I um, am a proponent of understanding risk and a leader, a leader's job is to make choices for the company. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, hopefully the right choices, but a leader's job is also to, to make the list, the risk less each day based upon those choices that are made. And there are all types of different types of risk right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, and so, you know, there's risk with liquidity, there's risk with regulation, there's risk with security, there's risk with your employee safety. There's so many different areas of risk. And so I have a process that I have used um, that allows you to identify and move forward with risk where you first identify what those risks are. Um, then you analyze what the consequences are review what those potential impacts of those consequences are, and then look at how to address and address them. So you create a plan to address them. Do you, do you try and avoid them and eliminate them altogether? Mm -hmm. Do you try and mitigate them? Do you try and transfer it to somebody else, like in a contract to an outsource provider? Or do you just incur the risk and accept that risk accordingly? And then how do you monitor and review that? And so, you know, what you, um, you know, one of the things that's really important nowadays is um, is um, resilience. Mm. And you know, people didn't ex people weren't prepared for COVID and the length, uh, you know, that that it occurred. And there are other things that you know uh, that people are not. Uh, I, I think it's woken people up to say, what other things could happen that could affect my business or, or where I live. It could be climate change, you know, weather events, uh, in terms of, in terms of how, um, you know, people build resilience into their workforce. Um, it could include, um, um, lots of things. I mean, I, I, I there's a, a, um, you know, there's a client that I'm working with that, uh, owns a lot of real estate and they have um, clients who are calling them right now because they want to be able to um, see if there's avail availability for short-term parking because they don't feel good about taking mass transportation yet, but they want to come into the office mm. and they previously didn't have the ability to do that. So, you know, there are different ways to be able to certainly look at looking at how to manage risk and adapting as you, as you go down your down your path. 
Yeah, I love this category for um, especially sales and marketing. I mean, I know at an operations level um, and a financial level, a lot of you know a lot of the executives in those areas are really tuned into risk. I think in sales, you know, we're just tuned into the next deal. And for sales leaders and marketing leaders to really look out and and calculate and think um, think strategically about where where are we at risk? I mean, we've all learned, you know, the P word, the pivot. Um, we all learned that we could pivot a lot faster than we ever dreamed we could. And I think for sales leaders right now and marketing leaders to come together and look at um, forecasts and look at, at revenue streams and, and, you know, target markets and go, where's the risk? Um, and where is the, where's the opportunity right now? This is a, this is a dynamic environment for, for many companies when it comes to who they're selling to, what they're selling and, and how that could shift based on, based on, you know, the, the pandemic, economic challenges, uh, political challenges, There's so many things happening right now. And I think it's an, it would be a very powerful and meaningful exercise for sales and marketing teams to develop that skill set of risk analysis and reduction. And like you said, resilience, you know, to, to really set this up so that um, maybe we've got some plans in place and we don't get caught as flat-footed um, as we, you know, many of us did earlier this year. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, if you look at opportunity rather than risk and you're looking at how to pursue the right opportunity in the right way, you manage the risk a lot better. And I think, you know, as I said at the beginning of our discussion, a lot of people had the opportunity and bandwidth to pursue several different things and if one hit that was great and the other ones didn't like like an investor then mm-hmm. and uh, then that was okay people don't have those opportunities now because the market is changing and they they can't afford to do it so i help make sure that people really focus on the right things and if i if i can transition one of the things that i really focus on is exit readiness mm-hmm. so it's interesting if you, if you talk it's in the book um, and if you talk to most business owners about exiting, they talk about, you know, well, I'm, you know, 45 years old. I have my own business. So, you know, I work with a team. I'm not thinking about selling yet. Even, even if things are tough right now, I'm not, you know, that's not what I'm looking at. And, and when I have that conversation with that, those people, I, I say that, no, I'm, I'm not talking about trying to exit. I'm talking about, are you exit ready? Mm. They say, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, do you have certain things in place that allow your business to be at its highest productivity and value now? So that is if so that if if you had an investor looking at it who was going to buy your business, you would be at its highest point. And when that happens, you have you know you're you're generating the most wealth for you and your employees and your stakeholders. You're um, you know, you're working on all cylinders, you're meeting your customers' needs, um, and you're pursuing the right things. And so the, 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 the criteria around that is typically um, looking at your pipeline of business. So it's, do you have potential prospects who are interested in your business? What does your existing book of business look like? How deep is it and how diverse is it? 
is your value proposition still unique and will it be unique post COVID? So what makes you and your services and products different and unique? What about your resources? Do you have good financials and a good balance sheet? Mm-hmm. And do you have a team in place that can make decisions if you left the company or sold the company or God forbid something happened to you? Do you have that uh, ability to, to continue with the business and continue to grow? And the last part is about processes. Do you actually have standard work documented and codified and distributed and trained? And do you have automation that supports all that so that Mm-hmm. You know, so that so that everything can go forward. So if you if you look at all the decisions you make, I'm gonna you know I'm you know uh, I've helped companies adapt uh, where they're you know where they've changed their supply chains uh, activities recently because their supply chains have gotten disrupted. And so we went where they were a distributor and they decided to distribute some other products instead of the ones that they did. So they, one of my clients, they changed from food products to cleaning products. And all of a sudden their revenue, instead of being cut in half, doubled. And we said, is the, when we made the decision, we, we filtered it and said, is this, it, it doesn't mean you can't go back to the other things when the supply chain comes back, but does this help grow your pipeline? Does it help grow your and diversify your book of business? Does it, does it enhance your value proposition? Mm-hmm. Does it build all these things within your team? And if the answer to most of them is yes, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're kind of towards the beginning or you're at the mid course, which is my company's name, mid course advisors, or you're kind of towards the end, um, you know, then, you know, those exit strategies would be are, are things that to make you ready for that or, or, or what's going to make your business most valuable. So good. Andy, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And I, I can't wait uh, to dive deeper into grow like a pro. And I'm looking forward to everyone in the revenue growth engine audience grabbing a copy of this book. Cause I know you're going to get some practical things out of it that you can put to work right away. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Daryl. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. It is such a joy to be able to interact with many of you. Uh, I've got to say right now, just on the theme of this this conversation today, um, this is a time to be strategic. This is a time to be intentional. Uh, This is a time to look at your business and, and make good decisions, to talk with your clients, to look at the data, to analyze your risks and build strategies around it. All of this has been so valuable. And one thing I love about the Revenue Growth Podcast audience is people I'm talking to, that you're listening to this, you're doing exactly what we talk about at the C-Suite Network, which is you're driving and you're thriving. And because of that, you're the ones that are moving your businesses forward. You're moving your our economy forward. You're moving your country forward. And all of that, I just want to say, keep going keep doing it. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book 
you'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.